Hey friends, we are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn, and welcome back to the Woman Friends Podcast. I got my hair did yesterday. First time in a year. Felt really good. Anything new with you? Nope. Awesome. Well, let's get right into this episode. All right. This week we watched season seven, episode 15, titled The One with Joey's New Brain. Teleplay by Andrew Reek, Ted Cohen, story by Sherry Bill Singh and Ellen Plummer, and directed by Kevin S. Bright. Joey accidentally lets slip to a Days of Our Lives castmate that she is being written out of the script. Rachel and Phoebe try to sabotage each other's chances to date a guy who left his cell phone at Central Park. Oh, and this originally aired on February 15, 2001. I'm really bad at reminding myself to say those things. <laughs> Interesting that it was like a Valentine's Day sort of episode like a valentine season episode but there was no themes yeah no like in the show no all right so where are my notes are there okay so in the soft open we start in the apartment and monica and chandler are asking rachel and ross um, if one of them would or rather telling them that one of them will be reading something at the wedding and rachel Mm -hmm. immediately thinks she's the one for the job until Chandler so nicely calls her out for not being able to make it through without crying, which she proves in that moment by crying. (laughs) And then Ross graciously accepts the job too, he says, as he slyly says he has something up his sleeve, but he's going to keep it on the QT. Um, And then Joey comes walking in with exciting news about his character on what he calls Duel, or Days of Our Lives. Um, Apparently, he's coming out of a coma, and in doing this, he's getting a new brain through a brain transplant from another character who is dying. Now, Ross is, like, completely beside himself (laughs) because he thinks this is very unrealistic, which, to be fair, it is. And... (laughs) The girls are just questioning, like, which character is going to die. And they're very sad to learn that it's their favorite character, Jessica Lockhart. Yeah, um, yeah. Apparently, she's very good at slapping people and throwing drinks in their faces. These are the two things the girls notice most, and we will see later. And it kind of, the soft open ends with Ross still being completely baffled at the idea that Joey's character is getting a brain transplant. Yeah. I love the moment where Monica says, I would just love to like slap somebody. Yeah. And it was the moment of like letting the intrusive thought, like thoughts win. Most of us wouldn't go around slapping people. Um, and there's that, you know, theme on Instagram where it's like, don't let the intrusive thoughts win. So I have to ask you, Llewellyn, what is your intrusive thought? If you could do something and get away with it without consequences what would you do i would 100 percent punch somebody in the face just like a straight up punch straight up punch okay that is much milder than mine (laughs) i don't want to say mine anymore never mind let's go (laughs) are you sure Ah, okay i kind of I one of my toxic traits is thinking that I could get away with murder <laughs> because I listened to so Unsolved Mysteries was one of my favorite shows as a kid. And I always thought it was so like dumb when 
people would get caught off of the stupidest things. So what I wish I could do is do like a faux murder where you plan everything and then fake. Obviously, you'd fake. I'm not actually wanting to murder somebody. You just like fake a murder scene and see if you would get caught. Um, I also like the idea of robbing a bank or something like an Ocean's Eleven type situation where you have this elaborate heist and trying to figure out, can I do something that's crazy and get caught? I would love a game show where like you have to elude, you know, like FBI trackers or like stay hidden instead of like an escape room. It's like uh, escaping the feds or something i i i think that i can do it but i might be surprised with how obvious i am but i would love to figure out could i get away with murder and that is our disclaimer if you never hear from us again it's because it's because leanne's in prison for life yes <laughs> that's hilarious anyways anything else in the soft open Shout out to Fiji water. That's all I'll say. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, so in the main part of the episode, we start in the cafe, and Phoebe and Rachel are people watching, and they're deciding which guys are gay versus straight. And one of their prospects mm-hmm. gets up to leave, but they notice that he's left his cell phone behind. Uh, and Rachel starts to fantasize about, you know, what if I take the phone? And the guy calls me, realizes like starts talking with me and then realizes that I'm a great girl and he wants to fall in love and it'll be like a fairy tale from the digital age. And Phoebe, as Rachel's saying, this is like, no, I kind of like this idea. And so they start arguing about who's going to get the phone and they're, they're thinking about it while also getting closer to the phone. Like, you know, I should have it. No, I should have it. And so Rachel grabs Mm -hmm. it first, but in her like excitement of having it, Phoebe swipes it and That's kind of where we stop with that for the moment. Yeah. And we head to uh, the studio or Joey's job. And he's watching a scene between Jessica and her daughter. And after they cut, he approaches her to compliment her on her acting. And then he just boldly like asks her for tips on like how to play Jessica. Because in his mind, which I didn't mention earlier, the brain, brain, Blaine, the brain transplant um, <laughs> is going to make him her, but in a, in his body. So she, he starts to ask her, like, you know, all these things. And he spills the beans on her being the one that's Yikes. leaving the show. And she is shocked because she did not know. And so she asks him who told her or to who told him this because it's preposterous. And... After he tells her it was the writers and he starts to like back off, realizing what he did, she throws her drink in his face and then slaps him, which are her two signature moves before storming off. Yeah. Okay. So a couple things for the scene. First of all, for those of you that don't know, that is Susan Sarandon. That who That's who is playing, um, say Jessica, Jackie. Her name in the show is Jessica. Jessica. Yeah. Yeah. So... Fun fact, Susan Sarandon's real-life daughter, Eva Amuri, plays the Days of Our Lives co-star in this episode. So that young girl, 
is her real daughter in real life nice. and playing the co-star. That's fun. Which is kind of a fun little um, nugget. She was 54 years old when she was on this episode. And Ross named Susan Sarandon for his freebie list five years ago in the one with Frank Jr. It was in 1996 when that episode released. She is the second of three persons that Ross listed, like Ross listed in the show. Uh, Isabella Rossellini being the first and Winona Ryder being the other one. So this is another one of those Bruce Willis breaking the fourth wall, bringing in reality into this fiction world where Ross literally named her as one of his freebies. And then she shows up in the show later playing a, a different character. Nice catch. Also, wouldn't, can't we kind of surmise that the drink that she was drinking was probably like a dark liquor, maybe a bourbon, oh, a scotch. Yeah. And then she threw it in Joey's face and he, outside of just the shock, he didn't react. Wouldn't that burn your eyes? You would imagine. Yeah. It's alcohol. I mean, I I feel like that would be horrible. Yeah. So I just wanted to call that out. Very unrealistic. I feel like he would have been brought to his knees. That would have been so painful. Yeah, for sure. Like, probably in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so we head back to the cafe, and the girls are still trying to figure out who gets the phone. And Rachel suggests that they look at his speed dial and see who, like, based on what his speed dial says, who would have more in common with him. And Phoebe doesn't really care for that idea and thinks that they should just pick whoever's name is spelled closer to phone, which obviously would be her. Um <laughs> <laughs> but they go with Rachel's take and they start to look at a speed dial and through the people that they name, people and places that they name, Phoebe gets one point for yoga and Rachel gets one point for Barney's. Mm-hmm. I props to Phoebe for using the dead mom card. I it was brought to my attention that I might not be using this to its full benefit in my own personal life. So I think I'm going to start using that more often. I mean, she got the last muffin. She, There seemed to be this kind of agreement in her own integrity where she said, oh, I already to use that today. Okay, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> like she fully called herself out. And I think I'm going to start adopting that mentality for just my day to day life. Just whenever I want your something. secrets out today. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so then we head up back up to the apartment and Monica and Chandler are eating at the table when they suddenly hear a sound and Chandler thinks it sounds like a dying cat parade when they realize that it's coming from across <laughs> it the street. Does. <laughs> um, Chandler, when they realize where it's coming from, Chandler remembers a conversation that he and Ross had just had where <laughs> Ross asked Chandler if he was half Scottish or rather confirmed that he was half Scottish so then we quickly cut to Ross's apartment where he is attempting, I guess would be the nice thing to say, to play the bagpipes. Now, I don't know how to play bagpipes, nor do I really know how they sound good, but I just don't think that was it. So then we come. I wonder how much of a dub over of the noise that they gave him. Because there were times where he looked like he wasn't playing, but the thing was still going. But I also know that the bag does hold extra air. 
And so it can play while you're taking a breath. But I wonder how much of it was edited in post to bring out the sound later. Yeah, I have no idea. So we come back to the apartment and Monica just can't believe it until she... Oh, also, hold on really quick. The angle that we saw Ross in was really weird, especially because we've never had that angle looking into his window from their window before. So I just wanted to call out that I don't think they would have been able to see him because he was behind the wall based on their normal point of view of his apartment. Normally they're looking in and it's right on the couch. And he was sort of positioned diagonally back from the couch a little. And I don't think they would have been able to see him at the normal angle. So I just wanted to shout that out a little unrealistic. Yeah. Um, So back in the apartment, Monica can't believe it. So she goes over to the window, confirms it's Ross and and starts yelling at Chandler for being Scottish. Um, He returns, (laughs) he returns the argument with, I can't believe your family is Ross. And Monica is just adamant that they cannot have this at their wedding because everyone will leave. And Chandler agrees with her, but he also doesn't want to crush Ross. So then we head to Phoebe's place. And Rachel comes over confirming, wanting to confirm something that they both agreed on, that Rachel would be the one to keep the phone and that Phoebe somehow stole it from her purse and Phoebe's playing dumb, like she does sometimes. But mm-hmm. Rachel decides to call the phone and basically calls out Phoebe for taking it. But as they're kind of like arguing about this phone again, it rings. And Rachel delays answering because she's trying to figure out, like, what do I say? How do I sound? Like, what, what words come out of my mouth? So Phoebe takes the opportunity, steals the phone, answers it, and tells the man that she was the one that found it and that he could pick it up at her place that evening and maybe they could go to dinner afterwards which he Mm -hmm. kindly agrees agrees to um but rachel having heard the entire conversation tells her that i'm also going to be here tonight when he arrives yes so during the scene where they were fighting over the phone jennifer aniston actually got a call on her real cell phone during a cut and had to tell the person calling that she had to call them back because she was doing a scene. It's a semi, I mean, not super famous, but it's definitely an outtake that I've seen before. Um, and so this was this was the episode, this was the scene where that would have happened in real time. And then did you notice Gladys? I think it's Gladys, right? The, the really horrendous picture. art installation. Yeah. She was hung on a door. And I can't remember if it's always been that way in the background or if there used to be just a wall there. I think it was a wall. I didn't ever get the impression. Yeah, I didn't ever get the impression that there was a door next to the door of the apartment that led somewhere else. All of the apartment always kind of seemed to the left of the door. Both of the ba- like, both of the bedrooms it's are possible. over there. The living room is that way. It's possible when they redid the apartment, they added a closet maybe? I don't know. Maybe, but wouldn't it be cutting into somebody else's space if it wasn't already designated? So I just found that a little weird. Like, why is Gladys hung on a door? It was super strange. So I just wanted to call that out. I don't know if it's a goof or, yeah, just kind of an accidental. Yeah, so we head back to the studio and Joey's trying to hit on 
the daughter from the scene earlier until she confirms that she's only 16. Um, and Jessica comes over saying that they are in fact kicking her out. Um, and Joey starts to like rally in her anger by saying that she's been with the show for so long, like the fans are going to really miss you. Like this can't be happening just to kind of try to get on her good side. But she pauses him for a minute as an employee starts to walk by and she throws her drink in his face. Um, (laughs) And then Joey tells her that he, you know, I only came up to you because I want to help keep Jessica alive through me. Um, And he demonstrates in what she calls an English accent, which he didn't know he could do. And I didn't think sounded like one. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It was just very animated is kind of what it was. It was yeah. Like he enunciated weirdly. Yeah. Um, so then we head down or over wherever to the cafe and it's Chandler, Ross and Monica. Ross is kind of minding his own business, reading a book and Chandler mentions that he's hungry, um, which starts this like back and forth between him and Monica, where she offers him shortbread because of it, because of his Scottish heritage. And he replies very loudly <laughs> with a no, thank you, because I don't like anything for my Scottish heritage. Um, because his entire family apparently was run out of Scottish or Scotland by Vikings. And this piques Ross's interest when he hears them start talking about his heritage. And he tells him um, that maybe it's time that your family starts like rediscovering its Scottish roots. But Monica is adamant that they are not in fact ready to rediscover it. Um, But did Ross know that Chandler was also half Swedish and conveniently the Swedish are known for sitting down and staying quiet. So Ross is interested in this conversation now. So he's trying to tell them more about this cottage heritage when Monica just bursts out. Like you cannot play bagpipes at our wedding. <laughs> and Chandler, she didn't make it as long as I thought she would. Oh, no, for sure, no. <laughs> she caved pretty fast. Yeah. But Chandler like tries to be kind about it. And he tells him like, look, we don't think it's appropriate because we hate them. And he bites back with, they've only heard him practice, not perform. And until that happens, they can't make the call. But once they hear him actually perform, he will go with whatever they decide. Yeah. So then we head back to the studio and Jessica and uh, Joey are kind of like, she's giving him tips on what to do. So the first tip she gives him on how to play Jessica is that he has to own the room from the moment he walks into it. And so Joey tries this twice and fails it. He doesn't quite grasp what owning the room means. Um, And she starts to feel like sad about not being in this role anymore. And so she sits down and Joey kind of just does what Joey does. You know, he's always that like rallier and kind friend. He's so kind. He is. So he's trying to cheer her up. You know, by saying you're so good and you're going to get new characters and just think of how fun that's going to be. And she doesn't think so due to her age um, and that she just got so comfortable here and she turned down amazing work to stay here for so long. And so she's just kind of like in this funk, but he's still trying to be really kind and instead turns to another Joey tactic, which is his charm by telling Mm -hmm. her, basically telling her she's hot and she owns every room she walks into. So this kind of like piques her interest and they get back to work and she wants to show him another thing that Jessica does and that's how she kisses a man so (laughs) 
they start with a really like sweet innocent kiss i guess you could say but then round two she basically just jumps on him and goes for it i hate the storyline so much oh i do too I, I don't know which one I, I hate more, this one with Joey or the other one with Phoebe. <laughs> what is happening in this episode? <laughs> it's Yeah, it's a lot. So then we head back to Phoebe's apartment and the mysterious phone guy, whose name is Tom, knocks on the door and Rachel ends up with the phone in her hand. And as they open the door, they are shocked to find an older gentleman on the other side, mm-hmm. not the guy they were both expecting. Turns out it was his assistant who left the phone, and I find it very odd that it's not his assistant coming to get the phone, but that's just me. Um, so the girls kind of step to the side, because they're both taken back, like, this is not the guy we expected, and Rachel is, I think, thinking what we're all thinking, like, this is not anything I want, but Phoebe, on the other hand, gawks at how hot this guy is, and Rachel, I think, is a little surprised at first, like, she's kidding, uh but like yeah no she's not so essentially phoebe says rachel i'll owe you a big one if you let me have this and rachel's like you know what you're gonna owe me big time for this and just hands the phone to phoebe (laughs) and they go off to dinner her and this older gentleman Mm -hmm. um so then we head to joey's and it's the next morning and jessica comes out of his room in just one of his shirts so it's assumed what they did all night rachel comes in screaming about her being there before running over to monica's to get monica who comes in also screaming and asking to do one thing can you please just slap me (laughs) which seems like a very (laughs) monica thing to ask um yes so extra yeah but even after monica tries to provoke her with you know just saying some things um she very much turns her down and says, look, because of legal reasons, I, I can't do that to fans anymore. So Joey yeah. kicks him out and apologizes for their like insanity and then realizes he was sent a script in the mail, which he's never had before because he doesn't have lines because he's currently in a coma. So she yeah. asks, she's like, well, this must be the scene that it happens. So how does it happen? And we find out that her character is going to die from being thrown from a horse into an electric fence, which just mm-hmm. sounds brutal. Yeah, that sounds... Also not something your brain would survive, I feel like. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. Weird uh, brain transplant. Um, the Magna Doodle, when Rachel walks in, is like a little wizard with magical dust floating around his like arms. Nice catch. Stuff. I, th- I saw it, but it was so fast, I, I couldn't catch it. Well, at first, I thought, if they're going to keep the lens this far away, I'm not going to know what it is. And then, luckily, they did a really, like, a closer-up shot, and so I was able to snag it. Nice. So we head back over to the apartment, and Ross is getting ready to perform. And he tells them, imagine me in a kilt. And then Rachel gives some sly comment about something, apparently, that he's worn in the past with them. Um... And then just tells him to remember he's still learning, so it's not going to be perfect. Um, And I honestly, I was going to try to write something funny here, but I just don't really have words for the sound that comes out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Except that if you haven't seen the scene, you need to see the scene. Like, you need to watch it because it's so funny. The friends are just sitting there all watching. And then he tells them to start singing. 
And the squeal that Phoebe lets out is the best. I had to pause it. I was laughing so hard. Um, and <laughs> Jennifer Aniston, I'm sure, I'm sure that was her laughing, not not her character, because she for sure broke. Um, yeah, it is definitely noted that it is quite a revealing mistake. When Phoebe started singing that way, it was unscripted. So yeah. Jennifer Aniston putting her her you know, mouth behind her hands is a very obvious tell for her when she's going to break. Yeah. So that was a moment where, where she did very obviously break. Yeah. And, and so Ross looks at Monica and Chandler and they give him a very hard no for the wedding before he gets angry and storms out. Yeah. They're ecstatic in that, in their yeah. like, not ecstatic. They're very adamant in their, like, in uh, their no. uh, decision. Yeah. Okay, can I give you like a bunch of random facts you and can, like goofs from the episode? But we have one more scene okay. and then do it. Oh, go for it. Yes, we have the final scene. Go for it. I thought that in... was the tag. No. When he played for them, I thought that was the tag. No. Well, Wait. There's... It was for me. There's one more scene. There was no tag. Oh, I had a tag. There is no tag. There's a scene before that, though, in the studio with Joey. Which is what this whole episode's about. There's this, oh, okay. The very last scene that I saw is they're at the studio recording the scene after his brain surgery. And the daughter is revealing that she was the one who had her mom killed. But then Joey enters the room in a very owning this moment kind of way. And with his head like all bandaged and claims to be Jessica. They cut. The real Jessica comes over embraces him congratulates him and then tells him that she got a role in guadalajara and that she will be gone for eight months and then they kiss and it ends the episode and there's no tag wow okay this is where our dvd sets differ because my scene of her leaving came right after the magna doodle and rachel and her going like Rachel and Monica going in and asking her to slap her. And then the tag is the plane of the bagpipes. It's like a whole separate second scene. That's weird. That's interesting. Yeah. I just thought like, okay, maybe I took random notes. I thought you were just like skipping around. <laughs> so I was like, okay. You know, that's how mine was. There was no tag. It like um, kind of cut. That's crazy. went to a tag, but it was like just the theme song again. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. I'm sure that some of our friends have varying experiences as well now i want to know what hbo max um is. i know if y'all have hbo max out there let us know how they do it is there a different order do they omit any scenes that's interesting for this episode for sure so in this episode uh, a couple random things phoebe phoebe's address is given as five morton street which is about a five-minute walk from the apartment on Grove and Bedford. However, previously, Monica and Rachel have stated that Phoebe lives much farther away, so kind of a continuity goof. Um, there's also, at the 7.30 mark, when Monica and Chandler go to the window to see Ross playing the bagpipes, you can see a person in the corner behind Chandler and Monica. So, crew, crew definitely visible. And then I think we've talked about it before when he was playing Dr. Drake Ramore on Days of Our Lives, where the work-centered storyline 
the soap opera films in California, but Joey and his friends live in NYC. We've talked about this before, but that opens up kind of a much bigger, weirder goof or whatever when it comes to like even Susan Sarandon and her time and her character. So she's credited as having played Jessica Lockhart. But Jessica Lockhart is the name of the character on Days of Our Lives. So she would have been playing Cecilia Monroe, who plays Jessica Lockhart on the show. So that's kind of an interesting little twist. And then her character says she's been on Days of Our Lives for 20 years, but somehow doesn't know Joey. And he was Dr. Drake Ramore on the same show not that long ago. But the, the next time she's... The, the time that she sees Joey at the craft table, she asks what his name is. And it's clear she's completely self-involved and probably doesn't know anything or anyone that doesn't directly affect her. So it might not technically be a goof, but it is kind of interesting I mean, those shows, in that regard. Those shows are weird in that, like, they'll have multiple storylines where I feel like characters yeah. don't even intertwine. So it's possible that they never met. But also, yeah. I think, like, her character was kind of in her own world and, like, my way or the highway type of thing. Okay. And the one kind of crazy interesting fact is that this episode ends with the replay of the opening song in an instrumental, which is kind of a tip of the hat to the way that Days of Our Lives ends their episodes. That's so what I it saw was Okay, that yeah, was specifically chosen. Got it. Okay, so you got it, but I didn't. Um yeah, so that is interesting. That makes a lot of sense. So that's how Days of Our Lives ends their episodes, which is why they did it that way for Friends as like a little tip of the hat. Nice. All right. Favorite scene? I think, it, well, for me, it was the tag scene, but <laughs> just the scene with the bagpipes. Yeah, it's hilarious. It gives me flashbacks to, um, it gives me flashbacks to Ross's sound with the piano in his yeah. space yeah. Star Trekky noises that came, it gave me such flashbacks to that. I love Ross with an instrument. I think it's hilarious. I loved how he was really full-heartedly trying to convince them that this was the right move and how adamant they were that it was a solid pass. It was so funny to me. A plus. Yeah. I would say the same. For all same, the same reasons. Yeah. Okay. I feel like it kind of had to be the same. Yeah. It's like the only good part in this episode, I feel like. Um, yeah. So, rating? Okay. This episode is not great. I, the storyline with the phone sucks. The storyline with Joey romantically involved with a fling of a coworker, not great. I think the Chandler Monica Ross situation was the funniest. And even that was the funniest part was just the end when he performed for them all. So I think I'm going to give it a Marcel. I think that the bagpipes is the only redeeming quality of this episode. Yeah, honestly. What about you? I was thinking a smelly cat. Just because I, yeah, like you said, the, that storyline was the only thing. I mean, even, I just feel like even in the small amount that we saw those guys on stage on like screen, it's like that's that would be the only thing I'd watch that episode for was that storyline. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cool. 
Um, okay. Uh, sorry. Post show wrap up. First and foremost, I just want to apologize for not getting out the <laughs> the giveaway winners yet. I'm so sorry. I I honestly do not know if you will be getting them before Christmas. Just life has been so crazy. I've been trying to purge my entire house and I've been working a bunch and I have been super busy and Llewellyn and I do not live near each other so we can't just like tag team it and give it to the person with the least amount of stuff to do so I am solely responsible for these and December is tough (laughs) and I will do my best I promise they are coming we are not keeping them for ourselves you will get them I just cannot promise you when I have all your addresses and I'm hoping that I can start shipping out in the next couple of weeks so I just wanted to say that um, we also got another reach out from Sapir. She said, hi, girls, just finished listening to episode 165, where you ended by talking about Gilmore Girls. I wanted to hear you guys talk about it more. I've been listening to the I Am All In podcast. I watched that, too, or I listened to that, too. It's rewatching Gilmore Girls for a few years now, and I'm always excited to talk more about it. I kind of wish you would start a rewatch podcast about Gilmore Girls when you finish your, with friends. Anyway, I'm glad to know you guys also are uh, Gilmore Girls fans. I knew I liked you. FYI, I've been le- uh, living in New England for the last few years, and it's been so fun to, le- to live in their area and experience a lot of the quirky small town stuff and lovely seasons. Oh, I love that. Yeah, small towns are super fun. Yeah. And then she did just say... Um, Also, just listened to the episode with the Holiday Armadillo. I am Jewish and excited for the upcoming Hanukkah that starts this Thursday. In very short, we are celebrating the miracle of light. After the destruction of the temple by the Greeks, there was a small oil candle that lasted eight days, even though it was supposed to go off in a day. We also celebrate the Israelites' resistance over their oppressors and the Greeks that wanted to turn them into pagans. There's much more to it, but that's a brief summary. We celebrate by lighting candles, eating a lot of oily dishes, and signing lo- uh, singing lots of songs. Some Jewish Americans give eight gifts, but it's mostly a way to compete with Christmas. Also, we do arrange the candles from right to left, and I light them in the same order, too. But I've heard conflicting opinions about that. Oh, Sapir, thank you so much for sending that to us. I know that we asked um, anyone to reach out just to give us a a short little uh, snippet of the holiday. So thank you for expounding on that. Um, And give us, like, the variety of the ways that different people celebrate it. That's awesome. It kind of... Shows that even though people celebrate the same holiday, they might celebrate it differently. Everyone has their own traditions, um, which, I mean, you and I have different, you know, Christmas traditions. So that's super fun. Thank you, Sapir. That will be our little holiday fun fact. (laughs) Um, I really enjoyed that. So thank you. Um, Thank you to Bari for sending me. Uh, or us, our, the advent calendar for December. I told her, just send it to me every day. I just want to see what you get. I might not respond to all of them, but I love just seeing what's available. So she's been sending them every day. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I think I'll, I think I'll keep it to that for our social media spotlight. Let's do recommend to a friend. Cool. Um, I... All right, we'll talk about these ones. Um, okay, so I think I've mentioned that I enjoy running on this podcast, and I 
I've noticed one thing about all the running shoes that I buy and that the laces are never long enough for what I need them to be um, because I like to heel lock my shoes and I can almost never, I like almost never have enough lace to like heel lock that and then tie it tight. Um, Mm. So I started around Black Friday, I started looking for a slip-on like shoelace type thing um, that I could lace my shoes tightly with but just then they would just be slip-ons um and i found these ones by happenstance i think it was like an targeted ad knew i was thinking about it or something i don't know you know how the technology is these days you think about one thing and the yeah next for thing sure you know, you've got 50 ads for it so um i ended up going for it it was like buy one get one or buy two get one free so i bought three of them or got three of them they're called caterpie no tie laces um and they're they're odd because they're like they're they look like standard size laces. They have different sizes that you can buy based on your shoes. Um, but then they've got little like I don't even know how to describe them. They're like dots throughout the whole laces. So then when you're lacing up your shoe, you're kind of like pulling it to the tightness that you need your shoe to be. Um, and then when you get to the end, if you have extra, you can cut it off. I just like tucked in the extra in case I ever need to like loosen them or tighten them or whatever. Um, but I have been trying them out for the last like two weeks since I, it took me a while to get them. And then I put them on and I've been trying them out. I was a little skeptical at first, I won't lie, um, because I couldn't quite get my right foot to feel correct. It just felt too tight compared to my left foot, which I found odd, but people's feet are different sizes, which is weird to me. Um, but after some like playing around, I was able to like find a good fit for both feet and honestly, guys, game changer. Like, my shoes don't feel, like, they feel just right when I'm running or even when I'm walking with them on. And the best part is, like, I literally just put my sock on and then slip my shoe on and I'm good to go. And if I need to tighten it, I can. But so far, they've been, like, the same size. Um, and the ones I bought have little, like, reflective things in them. So when I'm out and if it, like, the starts getting darker, like, light reflects off my shoes which is kind of nice um but they've been very nice and i highly recommend them so if you're looking if you are a runner or even if you're not they have like a casual wear version as well the holes are just a little bit like like longer so they're not quite as tight on your feet um so if you're like me and you don't want to have to tie your shoes all the time I highly suggest these Caterpie no tie laces. They're fairly inexpensive. I think one pair was like 12 bucks um, and you can take them out, wash them, put them back in if you want to, if that's your thing. Um, but I think they're really nice. Uh, they help with my laziness when I always tie my shoes. Um, and yeah, <laughs> so we'll like always link it below because Caterpie is a weird, weird name, but it's honestly spelled just like it sounds. So that's me. Cool. Um, have I talked about my bookshelf yet? I know that's no. such a random. Okay. I I bought a bookshelf and I'm very excited about it because I have a bunch of books. I've gotten back into reading as I've discussed and I wanted a place that wasn't in a box in my closet stacked up to display all my pretty books. And I had very specific requirements because I'm also using the top of the shelf, like the shelving unit to be the 
um, kind of like a console table for the back of the couch. The way my couch is, there's not a lot of room to be able to put a coffee table in the center. It's a little bit of a horseshoe and that makes having people over and putting their drinks down difficult. So I wanted the bookshelf to double as a console table and an actual bookshelf. So it needed to be a certain height to come up to the back of the couch. It couldn't be too long that it spread past the couch itself to where it would impede in walking space. It couldn't be too deep because, again, walking space and having a small apartment. So after a lot of research and a little bit of pain to my wallet because there was only one that I could find that met all of their criteria, also was in the style that I wanted and looked great. So I found this bookshelf at World Market. It's called the Ashlyn Bookcase or Bookshelf. Um, It is durable and heavy, which is surprising. I was expecting it to be a little bit cheaper made. Not saying it's all made out of the best quality stuff, but it's more durable than I thought. It's pretty heavy in and of itself, even when it's empty. So I have the security that my books are going to be fine where they are. They're not going to get too heavy for the bookcase itself and start to bow some of the boards and things like that. But I think it's almost even deep enough that if I wanted to, if there was ever a way that I could display the bookcase to not be against a wall, I would easily be able to store books on both sides, which would be my dream one day. But if you're looking for a bookshelf, it's kind of a dark wood, mid-modern-ish design, but it's beautiful, great quality, easy enough to put together. I did it by myself, even though they recommend two people, but I just didn't have that option. And it's it's beautiful. So highly recommend World Market Ashland Bookcase Bookshelf to a friend. Um, next week, we are going to cover the one with the truth about London. Yeah. So we'll catch you guys next week on the One with Friends podcast. <laughs>